No, is it racist to be lying about my race? Is that? Ooh, you might be in a. Yeah, you might be in a I, trap I, I, there. I, I, I've come to the conclusion that any sentence that starts with "Is it racist?" <laughs> the answer is automatically yes. Uh, anything multiplied by zero is always zero. Doesn't matter what. Anything that comes after "Is it racist if?" is racist. talk about uh vh1 pop-up video coming back that's that's fine i'm Come done on, it's big news it's huge news for now somebody else was excited about that i remember what uh somebody else on twitter i mean was excited are they well some I saw I'm, I'm sure many people were excited about that uh yeah probably it's a pretty it's admittedly, admittedly exciting. Well, that was one of VH1's like flagship shows, though. Yeah, I remember thinking it was annoying at first, and then like because I didn't really get the the joke. Um, what joke? Well, like wasn't it like um, like I never really saw you know they didn't really do it to good videos. You know, it was well, sometimes all like, they did, but I'm, well, they did it to really popular videos. So, I can remember them doing it to a lot of like older videos. Like that, they did it a lot to songs like before people even Rick Rolled people. Um, they did it to songs like the Rick Roll song, mm-hmm. and um, they did it to like a, a couple of B52s music videos. I remember, like I seem to like I you know, and I I could be wrong about this, but like it stuck sticks out of my head that like. The music videos that like would be the memes of that era mm-hmm. were the ones that like got a lot of airplay during pop up video, and so the, the joke was that they weren't really ruining any music videos with the pop ups and the noise. Well, they you know, they always did. They always had. I think they always had like four or five music videos per episode, um, which is weird to think of music videos like being interrupted by commercials, but um, and I know they they did like make an effort to include like new. Music videos, old, um, and like, and other, and like, I guess like campy music videos, like, um, like the like ones you're talking about that are they're not really ruining the music with. Yeah, campy is a good word. And because uh, the original show ran from 1996 to 2002, and I'm actually surprised it went that late. Yeah, I didn't realize it. It was that long. Uh... 2002 really almost almost all the way through high school that show was on yeah because eh. i remember i remember it being the heyday sort of like like 1996 to 1999 yeah for sure mm-hmm. right middle school right um but yeah no it was in terms of like music video shows i think that's one many people uh, fondly remember it's interesting that any television network right now is like coming out with a because it's, even though they're re-airing an old show, you know they're they're rolling the dice. It's basically a new show. 
but that, like they would intro- they would introduce a new program into their current lineup that's actually centered around music videos. Right. That's to me that's pretty unusual. For for 2011, it definitely is. Um, and according to the pop-up videos Wikipedia page, uh, pr- production costs for each episode just t- 22 minutes actually cost thirty thousand um, dollars, which sounds like a lot. But in terms of like other programming, it's not really that much to roll the dice on. I'm sure it's a little bit more now because of inflation, but not that much. Maybe 30, 31 or something. Yeah, that it. I guess relatively cheap, but like. <laughs> like if you try to break it down where is that money going is that like do they have to license music videos for that show or i don't like, know where it goes into i, I that's what a good the question. heck is that money going to like relatively that's pretty inexpensive for a, t- a, t- a television show um you know for a show with a big cast that's like craft services only pretty but, much yeah but what the heck just like paying researchers Maybe I guess so. You got to pay people's. You know, well, basically, it's probably almost all overhead and licensing. You know, it's kind of crazy to me that um, they ha- you would even have to license it at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's isn't it like a rate? Like, isn't there different copyright laws for like radio stations and stuff, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, That's I feel a good like question. I don't know. I guess fall into that. We, we clearly don't know because we use <laughs> unlicensed music every week. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, so this week on the podcast, we have the music video director. We have, well, I guess it goes without saying now, we have, we're talking to music video directors. Well, we're talking to Mr. Alan Cordell, who is known for, among other things, having some really strange things happen to his music videos. He's done a few videos for Cloud Nothings. He did a fantastic video, Hey Cool Kids, um, and Understand It All for Cloud Nothings. Did you ever watch that video, by the way, Adam? Understand It All? Yes. Yeah, I know I've seen it. So if you if listeners of the last podcast will remember that you hadn't remembered that video at, while it was my pick of the week. Oh, you're right. Shit. Um, so, so have you really not watched it? I'm going through it now. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> oh no, no, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh. But anyway, he, I, I, it's he, interesting that you say that he that his videos are strange because he also says that I believe that weird things happen in his video I, in his videos, and I say that I would say that that's pretty true. And he's not just saying my videos are kooky; they're just they had they take really weird twists, and which is nice because you know it with so many music videos, and a lot of them kind of in the I guess I don't know maybe you'd call it the avant garde area it's it's really nice to see something that just kind of really takes a left turn and you're like i would not have expected that ever now i'm in a lot and alan's really really good at that i would call it pleasantly uncomfortable yes i would say so he's very pleasantly uncomfortable well if you are pleasantly uncomfortable a good example of that is the intro from grape uh, aerosmith by tobacco um which is a unbelievable video but he has a little intro to it 
refreshingly uncomfortable. How about that? Refreshingly uncomfortable. That's even better. I like that, yeah. Alan Cordell and I direct music videos that are kind of weird and out there. That is um, that is very true. It's an apt way of, of putting it. Um, and you know, you know, you do a lot of other art. You know, you you, you do um, you know art, visual art, as well as you know documentaries, and and you're producing a feature right now. Uh, maybe you could just walk us through, you know, your you know how you got into each of those spaces and how that, you know, led you to music videos. You know, what, what part of the step was getting into music videos? Well, um, I went to film school and originally I, when I graduated from film school, uh, like a few years had gone by, I wasn't really doing much. And I wrote a few screenplays. Um, I wrote one that I thought I could make on a really low budget and I shot 99% of that movie and started editing it. And um, while I was in the process of editing that, um, I did a music video for Dan Deacon. And that video uh, was sort of my introduction to doing music videos. And I just got really interested in the medium and what you can do with it. And from that point forward, I guess it sort of took the focus of everything I was doing. Now, you know, at that time that you, you did the the music video, which is the big, 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 big. I think think I've got the right amount of bigs there. Um, There's five bigs. Five bigs. Um, You you know, what, what, at what point have you always been doing, you know, the, you know, drawing and putting together visual art as well? Definitely. Um, Well, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. Um, But then at some point I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker instead. But the visual art has always sort of been there, even in the background while I was studying film in in college and stuff. So there, there seems to be, you know, as you look through a timeline of your music video work, a progression of, of styles and, and, and themes, what would you describe, you know, your, your early work as, um, and I'm talking about the the Dan Deacon video, and what is the team uh, Robes Robespierre video? Is in that, in that in the same time period? Yeah, that's roughly around the same time period. I would say that those early videos, I was just sort of figuring, like I hadn't quite figured out what I was doing yet, and I was just, I I, I guess it was a learning process, and I don't think I really figured out what I was doing until I did that beach house video. Um, but those early videos all sort of featured like the band or the musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until the Beach House video where I sort of started doing more narrative type work. And and was there like a what was the sort of breakthrough for that 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 made you switch over switch that style up a little bit? Um, well, it was interesting because Beach House, when they were putting out that album, they wanted a video for every song on the album, but they didn't want them to be conventional music videos. They didn't want to be in any of them. Uh, They were going to release all the videos on a DVD that came with the album. 
So with that in mind, I sort of tried to come up with an idea that was more of a story and took advantage of um, the little bit of a budget that I was able to use for that. But, you know, for a while, I struggled trying to come up with something for that video. But then at one point, while hanging out in the woods, I had a breakthrough. And what were you doing in the woods? I was just hanging out, and uh, it was a 4th of July weekend, and I didn't do much except go hiking, um, brainstormed. I don't know. It was like... I was really trying to just, like, relax and trying to come up with something. Um, but then at one point, like, late at night while I was falling asleep, the idea came to me to make it about this kid who had a weird face who was being bullied by other people with weird faces. And so then did the you... Sandwich... No, and then he pulls a sandwich out of his chest. That was key. That was, like... I was, like, so happy that I thought of that. <laughs> so, so do you just, like... Uh, in you know, is it more of like, vi like envisioning visual elements? I don't know if that's redundant, but uh, envisioning visual elements and and seeing them go together in, you know, music video form. Is that kind of where these stories kind of take shape? It's kind of sounds like, you know, the the process for at least that that particular one. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was more like. Well, the song is like really kind of beautiful and and uh i don't know like when they sent me the track they're like we know this song sounds kind of kind of emo but like try to do something different with it <laughs> and i kind of struggled you know like all of the ideas i had initially were kind of i thought cliched ideas um but then when I sort of thought of the, the whole bullying angle, it took it to another level, I guess. The, the, I've, I've watched a lot of music videos, and I, I don't think there's really been a moment that I haven't anticip like anticipated less than <laughs> someone pulling a sandwich out of uh, their chest. And, and spoiler alert for anybody, they, the sandwich has bad consequences for the bullies that are... Um, that eventually eat it. Um, so I guess the, the question is, does that sort of concept come from, you know, because the way I'm reading it is, you know, there's this conflict between between these two groups and, you know, it's sort of like the, this ultimate revenge kind of, you know, the way they, they meet their d demise. It, you know, is, it, is that the idea you wanted to get across and then you decided, well, that was the that was the best vehicle for that? Or or was or was it? I gotta think of like the the absolute craziest thing that could happen. Um, well, I guess the idea was that I wanted the well. I don't know where the sandwich came from. It just sort of popped into my head. Mm -hmm. I was like, he's gonna pull a sandwich out of his chest. They're gonna eat it and have a psychedelic freakout, and that would be the ultimate revenge. So when. Uh, to kind of bring it to some of the other videos, do you, is it typically, you know, are you typically given the freedom like this to, you know, just kind of sit on, have the track ready for you and, and kind of come up with these ideas, you know, pulling a sandwich out of a chest and, you know, hairy faces and, and you know, are, are those kind of open to you, to, those kind of things, elements open to you in most cases because they know what your previous work has been? 
I feel like that's the way it is now. Um, I think music videos in general, it's sort of like it gives music videos can literally be whatever you want them to be. So it gives you permission to be as crazy as you want to be. And if you're paired with the right musician who does give you the freedom to do whatever you want, it can be an awesome thing. Um, I feel like I've been pretty lucky so far. Every time I do a new video, I'm like, I can't believe someone gave me money to make that thing. <laughs> uh, and, uh... and, and as I do each one, it sort of gives me like, it makes me sort of excited to see like, how far can I go with the next one? So how did you initially kind of gain that trust with artists? Because I, I would imagine, I mean, was it a process where, you know, the first two artists, you knew them well, and then you started to, to branch out into other people who had seen your work? Or, or how, how, how do you personally gain that trust with the artists you're working with? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, Beach House, uh, they're from Baltimore, as is Dan Deacon. And so they were familiar with my work. And when I pitched my idea to them, they were really excited about the sandwich thing. Um, and so they just let me make that video. And once it, I was done with it, uh, maybe like a, almost a year had gone by and I hadn't done a video. Um, but I sent that video to Tobacco. And I said, I really want to do a video for you. And uh, he just said, go ahead, make whatever you want. So, and luckily... He liked the video I made for him and turned out pretty well, I think. I and and that video is uh, Grape Aerosmith, for anybody wondering, which is, I guess that, that answers the question of how do you go, how do you pitch a video like that in terms of a, a storyline? Because I, I guess I'd, I'd be really interested to hear kind of you describe the concept of that, of that video. Um, well, my pitch was literally two seconds long. It was like, a, guy, a frustrated guy at work is walking home and he is suddenly finds himself in the woods and he's confronted by spirits. That's all I said. Um, and then when we started filming it, I, I was working with this guy, James Petz, who is the actor in that video. And uh, he's a really interesting guy. And I just wanted to see like how far I could push him to get like certain performances out of him and stuff. And how I mean, it, you pushed him pretty far because it's it, it's an, a ridiculously awesome result. I, I mean, how how did you how did you go about pushing him? Was it yelling at him or? Um, at one point, it, it sort of seemed like I was yelling at him, and I think the other people that were hel helping me out were like, uh, "Why don't you take it easy there?" Uh, <laughs> but um, I think he had a great time, and uh, in the end, I think we're both really happy with the result. So. So is he a is he a full time actor or is he just somebody you knew would be able to pull off this character? He's not an actor, so he's definitely someone that I knew would be able to pull off that character. Yeah, I knew I knew it had to be one or the other. I knew he was either like a fabulous actor <laughs> or like as close to the character as as possible, and that's it. Well, he um, I've known him since college and. Uh, he actually went to high school with Dan Deacon. We're like, he's like within the like same circle of friends. Or uh, he's just a really, really kind of like out there kind of guy. He has a blog. If you Google his name, you might be able to find his blog. He writes some pretty interesting things. You can uh, count on that blog being linked uh, in the podcast 
notes okay. because yeah you can almost guarantee it speaking of things posted online your twitter feed black hole uh revoc is that how you pronounce it revoc uh yes revoc has uh, it's an interesting use of of twitter um i was, I was wondering if you because your last post is power milk antitrust worm um i was wondering if you could you know we're doug and i are both you know uh, avid users and uh and lovers of twitter um how, how do you how do you use slash enjoy that that technology I, I mean i don't know like to me twitter is like this completely ridiculous thing because you're just like writing shit down and then like people are looking at it and i don't even know who really <laughs> even looks at my twitter like i have no idea like who even would even care to read what i'm writing so i just write complete nonsense as much as i can <laughs> that's a you could do social media marketing for a company very um, easily <laughs> very easily uh, i i really want to talk about the gentleman drivers valdor video because okay. it's i love this video for a number of reasons um but one of the, the things i like about it is this weird sort of scene you have before the the video um and mm-hmm. for anybody who hasn't seen the video there's there's two people in a car and there's sort of this pseudo sitcom laugh track in the beginning um i was wondering where where that where that came from um well when i first came up well here's the thing gentlemen drivers Originally, I was supposed to do a different video for them for a different song, but that never worked out. And I came up with the idea uh, to have this, like, Muppet terrorize a family uh, long before I knew I was going to make it for them. Um, And then when I sort of had the opportunity to pitch the idea to them, I knew they wanted, like, a, a car element in the video at in some way um because that's their whole aesthetic is cars mm-hmm. and so i just like wrote a scene between what is supposed to be two cousins in the family um sort of flirting um but while talking about driving stick shift so it was like a way to like put in the car element while also having it sort of be a segue into the rest of the video and so they were like, sweet, we got the car element in there now? I think so. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> no I think it was important to them to have the car element in there. So Now, in your art, artwork, there's a lot of 80s elements. If you go on your site and click on artwork, one of the first things you'll see is a, a sketch of like the cover from Scanners. Um, right. And there's a lot of sort of, you know, I'd hesitate to say retro because it's kind of a blanket 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 term but there's a lot of 80s and maybe like late late 70s influence stuff mm-hmm. it, it was this was the the scene in gentleman drivers was that uh or valdor was that influenced at all by i don't know like the like the dinner scene from beetlejuice or anything like that Did, i mean does that 80s influence kind of creep into your music video as well um yeah i definitely think so um, actually, the Gentleman Drivers video was inspired by three things. Um, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, 
The Muppet Movie, and uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, I totally see that now. <laughs> oh, and also that, that one story in the Twilight Zone movie where that kid has complete control over the family and, like, makes all that crazy shit happen. Oh, I just saw that again the last weekend. It's such a, it's a classic movie. Um, Definitely. I mean, do you, are you a, a connoisseur, a lover of the, the 80s aesthetic and the, the stuff that's come out of that, that, that era? Well, I mean, those are the movies that I grew up watching. So mm-hmm. it's like I have definitely like a strong love of the like crazy movies that like my dad let me watch when I was nine years old. So I was wondering um, about uh, the the effects for the Valdor video too, because it feels like you know when you've got the puppet f- floating and then it it fe- almost feels like there's sort of like an 80s aesthetic to the way the the effects are done it seems like something like out of like ghostbusters kind of um right. which reminded me of it i was wondering you know what the the effects process for that was like i mean it was literally i mean i think budget a lot of the times you know dictates the aesthetic mm-hmm. and i had you know for that video i was trying to pull off a lot on a very small budget so it was like I had to make it look like that. <laughs> it wasn't like I set out to make it look like that, but it was like, what can I pull off, you know, with having access to these certain things? Right. Um, the uh, that that definitely does make sense. I mean, was it just like a a green screen with that with those tentacles that you just sort of because you do all your own editing, right? Yes, I do all of my own editing. But that's also another... The fact that I shoot and edit my own videos is also because I can't afford to hire an editor or a cinematographer. <laughs> Does that make you more attractive to bands, though, that you can kind of say, well, I can kind of save save money in that area? Um, Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I think that maybe... Well, I hope that bands want to work with me just because they know they'll get something kind of unique and crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think I can do quite a lot on a small budget. Is that how it's worked? So you say that's how it's been working now is now bands are, you know, they know that you're what your work is and they know that they can get something extremely unique and, and, uh, you know, something different that's going to get them recognized. And, and so now that they're seeking out you and, and, and your talents, is that, is that how it's going now? Um, I mean, I hope that's, that's the way it is. I think that's like cloud nothings. They, they, they approached me, which was nice and they kind of let me do whatever I want. So I think maybe in that circumstance, it was, it was like that. Um, I don't know how other music video directors do it though. Like I don't, I feel like I'm just sort of making it up as I go along. So I think you're in good company in that, in that respect. Yeah. Uh, cause uh, we've talked to a lot of music video directors who some, some of them seek out bands. Um, but, it, but it is pretty sweet to have a band approach you, especially you said cloud, cloud nothing's approached you. Yeah. That's, and, um, and what was the first video? Was it Understand it at All or Hey Cool Kids? Which one came first? Hey Cool Kid. Uh, the guy that you've got as the robot dancer in this. Right. 
Uh, how did you find him? Because he he's a really odd combination of a, a fantastic uh, robot dancer and not a guy who looks like he's a good fantastic robot dancer. Um, well, that guy, Ken Larkin, I also went to film school with him. Uh, I was looking for someone who could dance like a robot. And someone was like, oh, you should ask Ken Larkin. Uh, he can dance like a robot. So I called up Ken Larkin. I described the concept for the music video to him. And there was silence for a second. And then all of a sudden he was like, Alan, I was born to play this part. <laughs> I, I have to play this part. You don't understand. And then he like took videos of himself with his iPhone and then like emailed them to me. And I knew immediately that it was the right choice. You've kind of uh, lucked out with people born to play the parts of your music videos, it seems, because uh, it's been a trend so far of, of people kind of fitting perfectly into what you're trying to create. Yeah, I feel pretty lucky. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I like the idea of using non-actors and using people that I think just look interesting or have, like, maybe a hidden talent rather than approaching or having open auditions for actors. But I've done that as well, so. Yeah, I guess maybe luck is probably the wrong word. It's more of... Uh, the ability to use what is kind of at an arm's length away, is that, uh, is that something that you choose to do or is that something that also comes from the fact that you, you know, don't have large budgets and are trying to take on as many responsibilities as possible? It's both of those things. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like, if you know someone who's, like, really weird and can spaz out really well, like, why not take advantage of that? Um, I don't know. I, th I always think that when you see someone on, on screen that isn't a trained actor but is doing something really interesting, there's something special about that. Like, I think Harmony Corinne is, like, a really good director who does a lot of that and... I and and Werner Herzog, I take inspiration from from him as well. And uh, actually, I'm I'm familiar with uh, Herzog, but uh, and wh who is uh, Harmony Crin? Um, he directed Gummo, and Julian Donkey Boy, and wrote the screenplay for Kids. Okay, sweet. I know two or three of those things. Uh, two points to me. Um, <laughs> I, I was wondering. You know, because there's all these really noticeable and kind of interesting elements in your videos. I, I mean, when people talk about your work, do you want them to talk about it or just to sort of enjoy it for that aspect? Or or do you want there to be sort of hidden meanings and sort of larger themes to be drawn out from them? Um, well... I don't know. Like, I don't really care if people worry about, like, hidden meanings or larger themes or whatever. I am happy that people are watching my videos and having a reaction to them. Um, most of the reactions I get are WTF, what the fuck did I just watch? Uh, <laughs> my brain is melting. I don't know. It's just, like, stupid shit. But, like, I'm... I'm kind of surprised by how like weirded out people are by some of the stuff i've done 
Is there something in particular that people have, have kind of felt weirded out by? Well, like, for instance, um, the Beach House video on YouTube, like, I would say 99% of the comments are like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I, I, I think like, that... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, that always kind of blows my mind, considering that there are filmmakers out there that do weird shit, you know, like David Lynch or David Cronenberg, and I didn't realize that what I was doing was that out there, but... But then a friend, of mine, a friend of mine sat me down. He's like, Alan, your stuff is really weird. You just have to accept it. But it seems like you have embraced it, though, in that, you know, I mean, like when you initially introduced yourself, you know, you say I make music videos that are that are weird. Uh, so, you know, is, is that something I mean, so you it's it, I guess I don't know. Um, what I was just Oh, uh, you got nothing, Doug. You got nothing. I did. I lost my total train of thought there. I am a, I'm really bad at my job. Um, but but I, I, I will say that the, everyone that, that we've interviewed so far has this uh, love-hate relationship with YouTube comments that doesn't include the love part. Uh, right. Because YouTube comments are very rarely uh, constructive. But... Uh, do you think that maybe the medium that that it is, you know, you say David Lynch uh, and and some of the other people that make weird stuff, but it's not, you know, music video heavy and, you know, and music, popular music especially is, you know, something that's being made for the masses. And do you think it's because you're you're bringing your style to that medium that maybe that's why you're getting that reaction? Um, it could be. That's actually a really interesting point. I mean, I never really thought about it that way. I'll tell you what freaks me out though, is in the Valdor or the Gentleman Drivers video. Mm-hmm. There's just some really uncomfortable moments in there. I don't know. I've sub. It's a video that I feel like I may have nightmares about <laughs> sometime in the future. What specifically? I don't know. Just that pu- maybe I have a thing about pup- puppets. It just freaks me out, especially when the puppets like can controlling them to the cousins to make out. Right. Um, th- that woman appears in in several of your videos. Is she is she, uh, she a friend of yours or or someone you work closely with? Wait, which one? Uh, I think she she's in the background in a f- in a few of them. The one that uh, is the cousin who is in the car initially. She was only in that one video. Really? She's yes. not. She's not in the Hey Cool Kids video. You're. You know. You're right. She is in that one. I'm sorry. But. She was in the background of that one. Right. But yeah, you're, uh, well, I don't know. She's a friend of mine and her boyfriend, uh, Ben Fergal, who is actually the cousin that she makes out with, is also a good friend of mine. So That probably makes it less creepy that they're, they're <laughs> actually coupled in real life. Right. It made their, their roles a little bit more creepy, though, that they get to play cousins. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I was interested uh, in the sort of... The the guy who plays the nerd in the Hey Cool Kid video, you talked about using people that that came around. There's this really weird kind of scene where he goes into his his house and there's an old lady there who kind of gives you know is kind of berating him a little bit, and it just seems like there's there's sort of a depth of of character even just in that little little exchange that you don't really see in in a lot of music videos. And I mean, is that something that you feel like you're sort of 
getting more and more into now you know there seems to be kind of a pattern of of shading in these characters a little bit more more and more as you do more music videos um well she was she's the landlord of one of the producer of that video and for years whenever i would go over to his house you had to like walk by her apartment and her door is always open and she always says hi and you're sort of feel obligated to go in and like talk to her for a few minutes and we were filming in his building and i thought oh maybe she'd want to be in this music video and so i asked her if she'd be in it and she she did it and i thought it was really cool because i thought it added uh, an element of like the real to like this ridiculous concept Mm-hmm. To have someone that's like totally real in like this sort of f- like fantasy fictional reality. I was wondering, you know, you see a lot of influence in uh, your art from you know different movies and figures and things like that. What what were your, some of your favorite music videos growing up that you remember? Well, the first music video I I remember ever seeing was um, Michael Jackson's Beat It. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize when I first saw that music video that he was a man. And I got into an (laughs) argument with my dad about it. And I was like, that's a girl. And he was like, no, that's Michael Jackson. Um, And then, I mean, I don't really remember. I've seen it like... You know, like everyone else my age, I grew up on MTV and I've seen everything that came out. But is there anything that sticks out in your mind as some of your some of your favorite stuff from that era? Maybe not the '80s, but you know, yeah, like the '90s or 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 even up to you know modern day. Um, I like the uh, Black Hole Sun music video for Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit. <clears throat> what? That was an important one. Uh, I guess Michelle Gondry's early music videos were pretty amazing. Those blew my mind as well. So I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> so do you have um, any videos you're working on now, or anything that's upcoming? Um, there's nothing concrete. I may be doing something with uh, Black Moth Super Rainbow um, in 3D. Hopefully that'll work out. Oh, nice. Um, There's a few other things that may or may not happen, but um, I'm just going to let those remain a secret for now. Now, as one of the East Coast directors that we've talked to, I was wondering if you could give us a take on what the you know you feel like the music video scene is on the East Coast, especially in in the New York area, because it's pretty much L.A. or New York, obviously. Um, what's it like in in New York for music video directors? Um, I think it's good. Uh, I don't really know many music video directors. I'm friends with one, uh, Sophia Peer. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, she directed the Death Rattles music video for Woods. Um, I mean, it seems like it seems like there are a lot, but like I haven't met very many. Mm-hmm. Uh, although 
I've been recently working with this production company, uh, Project Fathom, and they rep some other directors who are really doing some really interesting things as well. So what is, what's upcoming? I mean, what's the the plan from from here on out? I mean, do you do you want to continue on, you know, creating a lot of music videos, or do you feel like that's a stepping stone to, you know, bigger projects? I definitely want to do bigger projects. Um, I guess the idea right now is to sort of see what kind of, I don't know, it's a tough question. Where do you see yourself in five years? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely want to make feature films. Like that's, um, I wouldn't mind directing some television commercials, but I like music videos because it's, it gives you an opportunity to experiment and to like try out certain things. Um, but at the same time, you can't like make a living doing that right now. So and we're, and we're back. That was Doug. what did I tell you guys how refreshingly uncomfortable were, were those videos? Because I'm sure the way I see the way I envision the filmed insert podcast listener is um, is someone uh, some people probably listen in their car. You never know. Um, but I envision people listening at the computer in one way or another. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're at home. And as we bring these music videos up, I feel like they probably bring them bring them up as we bring them up in conversation, they bring them up through the internet and probably pause us and watch it on our site. And and so after that interview and after the listeners have watched these uh, refreshingly uncomfortable uh, videos, they're like, man, I feel like I drink a Gatorade um, and then somebody kneed me in the side because I'm refreshed, but that was kind of... (laughs) Uncomfortable. I would what say you s- you're more in pain than uncomfortable. Uh, need like uh, not knee with their knee, but like need with your knuckle. Hmm. Pass. That's not. That's not what I meant. <laughs> need like like uh like corn seeds. Oh well, like oh yeah, corn seeds. Like kneading corn seeds on your side, so it's like I don't want these corn seeds on me. It's kind of uncomfortable. Exactly. I think I think they understand now. The pick of the week. You're listening to our picks that we picked for pick of the week. We picked the picks of the week. You wouldn't believe how many people uh, want to give us money for them to be our picks of the week. We do get a lot of money for this, mm-hmm. um, which is why we're so rich uh, in life and women. Exactly, both. Uh, and, and, so and money. my big, yeah, you're Doug. You're uh, yeah, uh, no, and money. That's worth delaying my pick. Um, <laughs> my pick of the week uh, is awesome, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, by a by a group called the uh, Pharaohs, uh, which is probably Pharaohs, 
when pronounced. You know, a lot of times these videos, I have no idea. Never heard of the band before. I just like saw the video and I'm like, that's an awesome video. I don't know this band though. The song is called uh, Everything is Dancing. Mm, oh yeah. And it's directed by um, Dave Ma. I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, and the video is basically, I don't know if it's supposed to be Batman and Robin just like 30 years later or um, if it's just like these two guys with some crazy Batman and Robin like weekend fetish or something I don't know what but it's I, I wouldn't I don't fetish isn't the right word Batman and Robin like just weekend play date uh, I like to think that it's Batman and Robin 30 years later although Robin is pretty young uh, younger, but the guy who's Batman is easily 300 pounds. Oh yeah, and um, they're basically just having like a like a Sunday in their backyard, kind of like just enjoying the sun and the and their pool uh, and like margaritas, and they're like doing like fighting and it's uh, I don't it's know a bizarre video. It's a really bizarre video. Do you think that uh, do you think that it's Batman and Robin thirty years later, or that it's two weird guys? I get the feeling that it's two weird guys, because Robin isn't old enough. But I, I don't know. I, I I feel like we. It's one of those things that's difficult to speculate on. I mean, they're they're credited as Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not credited and. You know, they start without their masks and stuff on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, I don't know. To me, the video has a lot more charm if it's really Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's true. It kind of gets creepy. But it, but it's got a lot of mystery. Yeah, it kind of gets creepy. But it's got a lot of mystery either way. Uh, you know, which is not something... Uh, you know, a lot of times I've even made fun of myself in the last episode by, you know, a lot of times I'll just say cool and awesome and and um, crazy but uh, you know mysterious is a term that you don't often use because it's a, a big word but uh, I would use that big word to describe everything is dancing you want to stick to smaller words yeah I try to generally generally, but in this case mysterious is fitting hmm. I like all the shots that are framed with uh with them like in front of pictures of beach days. Oh yeah, yeah. Those those uh those are the shots that make me seem like they're really Batman and Robin. It's like they they're old enough or at least the Batman is old enough where he should be retired right now. But no, he's gotta stay in this in the city. I mean no crimes are going down on a Sunday. He gets the day off. But he doesn't get to go to the beach. He doesn't get to retire to the tropical location that he desires because he's stuck in Gotham with his mini trampoline. Ooh, I forgot there's a mini trampoline on there. And... Uh, <laughs> you, you, this time, you were going to let the episode end. You were going to let the episode end without picking. Oh, well, here's my pick of the week. It's it to- Doug. You you know what it is because you you referred me to it. It's and it's a ridiculous video called "I Like You" by 
the chase. Oh wow, you know what? I almost picked that video. It's great. It's it's one of those videos where you know, you you start off you're like, okay, it's it's sort of a graphics intensive video. The concept is it's you know, uh, all these things are made out of uh, all of these objects kind of floating and you know morphing into one another are made out of people's body parts that are painted um, either red, white, black, or some sort of gold color. And the song is three minutes and fifteen seconds, and it is just jam packed with not just things people copy pasted. It's you could tell like a lot of careful planning and really really careful choreographing of, of all these elements came into play because even there, there's even like a large cityscape where windows are heads and buildings are arms and things like that and it, it, it it's just one of those videos where you look at it and you think you know how much really careful planning time and effort went into it um which is uh which is a lot of fun to watch it's one of those things where you notice things you can get watch it in hd definitely um, where you, you continually notice little things as, as you go through, so it's really cool. And the and part of what makes it great is the lead singer, who is uh, a lady, uh, is very expressive throughout. So it's, it's you know she doesn't do any. It's just her head for the entire thing. So but she managed, probably her probably her arm too. Yeah, her hands. arms and other bits and pieces and things like that. But she carries the whole video basically. Um, they're all pretty. They're all pretty expressive. No. Yeah, but she's the only one that really has a lot of camera presence, I think. Um, and she's really the one who's the camera centers on a lot for. Yeah, she's the she's like the soul the soul of the body of the video. She's the face, mm -hmm. and the rest of them a lot of times are just kind of outside elements. Yeah. But uh, but no, I thought I thought they were all they're all pretty pretty expressive. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really cool video. Um, it's not an effect that's uh necessarily like a new effect like using body parts to create you know kind of scenes like this it's something i feel like i've seen on like a kid's show but to do it at this level is just kind of unreal and and uh just to here's the reason why i didn't this question is the reason why i didn't pick this video so i didn't have to pronounce adam what's the name of the director oh. see you're canadian so you have an easier time with a name that seems pretty French to me. It, it looks, yeah. I, you know, I've always wanted to be someone who just goes by a one name. Logra. I, I think, uh, it's probably not how you pronounce it, but... No, I was gonna say Laundridge, which is not... <laughs> which is just no, me wrong. Making, no, that's definitely wrong, and that's why I was like, ah, here's uh, Dave and then Ma. Boom. <laughs> It was one or the other, and Dave Ma, I, I mean, if I got that wrong. No, I mean, whatever. We could basically say whatever we want right now. We haven't even gotten into our picks of the week. It's been like 30 minutes since the interview ended. Like, the the likelihood that any of this stuff is going to be uh, in the final cut is uh, slim to none. <laughs>